0: Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is Mi'kmaq First Nations, belonging to a community called Eskizoni, but currently resides in Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. He is a direct descendant of the last hereditary grand chief, John Denny Jr. He is a motivational speaker, a champion of diversity, and a role model for Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people. He is a member of a long list of committees, including Human Rights Facilitator and Aboriginal Perceptions Facilitator called Lu Nu Wei for Department of Justice. He is a member of the Treaty Education Speakers Bureau and is a new member of the Union of Nova Scotia Indians Justice Committee representative for the Tripartite Forum he is a champion arm wrestler who placed eighth in the heavyweight division worlds and was an associate producer and consultant for the television series called arm nation he has received two minister of justice awards exceptional contributions to corrections and a limited edition pin from the house of commons for his commitment and support to indigenous people and youth he speaks in high schools universities and colleges He goes around and shares his culture, knowledge, and wisdom to Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal communities throughout the Atlantic provinces. Welcome to the show, my friend, Trevor Senepas. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) What's up, dude? (laughs) That's a long bio, but you're doing a lot, man.
1: Uh, Yes, I am, and uh, really appreciate it. I really am honored, actually. I'm really excited for, for being here being
0: on your show <laughs> yeah man well we met we met when i came down to nova scotia david uh your cousin right Your cousin yes yeah yes, he was doing some star teaching so you know i'm super interested in what he's doing um i was graciously put up at your house and got to meet your amazing family we had an arm wrestling contest downstairs which i i lost very easily um oh, and, it's time. and since then I've been watching so much arm wrestling but you know it was really amazing to learn more about you and how much you're actually doing you're going around speaking at schools you're sharing your culture you're very um, motivational for for the youth you do a lot of really great things for the youth and we had talked about that you know just being you know what can we do for the youth and um yeah man so I'm gonna stop talking and let you share a little bit about yourself talk a little bit about your background and all the amazing things you're up to today
1: Okay, great. Um, and again, thank you. Uh, Matt, uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations on, on your milestone. <laughs> uh, that's, that's phenomenal, man. Like, really, that's, that's huge that's almost like a, a million uh, YouTube views uh, uh, to my understanding. And then uh, um, I'm just trying to remember there was like 2 million. Uh, two yeah. Million. I just,
0: I just reached 2 million downloads, which is good for me because uh, my podcasts are longer. So the listen
1: minutes are two like 2 million hmm. downloads. Wow.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And the hope too, man. The hope, like I said, and I wanted to share the stories and and the wisdom of people doing something good, doing something positive, talking about positive things. You know, bridging bridging gaps. You know, doing all that. So, you know, your episode three hundred and one, man. So it's a privilege to have you here.
1: (laughs) Three hundred and (laughs) one. Yes. Yeah, man. It's uh, and again, Matt. Thank you. Congratulations. It's, It's a total honor to be here. And then. Uh, yeah, you you were here. Uh as as I noted before you left, you're always welcome. Of course, Dave, love Dave. Um, um, mm, uh, he's he's a, a phenomenal person. Uh and so so is Jacqueline. Um and uh it was great to have like everyone, like uh, and you we did our muscle. <laughs> uh I, I'm surprised you said I bet you even though yes I did but uh I was I was like I was I was going to say that it was a tie, but uh um it, w- it was fun it was it was definitely great fun and as you know that there's a lot of uh, uh technique and uh you know um in, in in arm wrestling there's like a lot more uh, but to uh you know answer your question like what do I do share some of the things that that I do and um yeah uh I am uh, a member of a long list of committees. Uh, I, I am a, the uh, facilitator for uh, human rights, this is for the uh, Department of Justice, and uh, indigenous perceptions called Illinois. Um it's a two-day yeah. training.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that. I was going to get you to correct that, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I should have done so.
1: Uh, but yeah, it is in the way. It is a two-day uh, training course. Uh, totally love it. It's just a, it's just sharing the culture, um, and uh, you know, uh, sharing the the culture, the spiritual and traditional practices of of, of the Mi'kmaq um, to to the staff of, um, of the Department of Justice. Uh, we have correctional officers and probation officers. So, um, along with that, uh, I, I know you mentioned the um some of the things that i do um uh i, I do arm wrestle <laughs> i've been arm wrestling for for uh i was trying to like i was speaking with a friend of mine in Cape breton we were just like thinking about the time um i'm 43 and it was like, around I was a lot earlier uh, the younger age when i started arm wrestling um but in the community but i guess uh you know going around the circuit I was around 15 or 16, I say 16 years old. So it was over about 25 years for sure. Uh, arm wrestling, because I picked it up from my brothers. Um, I, I had three, well, I had three brothers, but I have two now. And, and my father, of course, uh, he was, uh, he was great at, uh, he was a coach. Um, he was a coach in baseball, basketball, and even arm wrestling. So anyway, I picked it up from my brothers. I was, uh, I was, uh, I'm, I'm like 6'1 and 235 pounds, um, but I was the runt in the family. <laughs> My brother Dave and Steve, this Steve had a nickname too. Like, it's like they called him Big Guy, actually. <laughs> and they, were, they, were, they were really well-known in, uh, in the community and surrounding communities and even in the arm wrestling community. Um, so, so I got to know a lot of the the legends in arm wrestling that are still competing today um uh, they're, they're really strong so i got to meet these guys when i was younger and then my of course my role models of course being my family you no, know, uh, looking up my father um but then my brothers as well john david and steve um they were, they were all athletic they were power lifters and, and they were arm wrestling champions and uh you know i really wanted to be like my brother like uh, all of them actually and but it was david david uh, uh he's a little bit older than me David was 17 uh, when he competed. And the thing with us, the thing with us, um, we have weights back at home, like uh, over my mom's place. So we have weights, the bench and the curling bars and all the works. Um, We'll get the newspaper, literally like two days, uh, the upcoming events. uh, And then we'll see arm wrestling. I still remember this when I was young. And I said, oh, wow, great. Like arm wrestling's coming to this and David's part. Uh, It was in Cinge to 100. And uh, we worked out. I still remember that. We all work out even the morning before the event. And that's a big no-no, really. You can't really, uh, (laughs) excuse me, you can't really work out at least several days before the event. You want to get your arms all rested and everything. And that's what I, excuse me, that's why I instruct or teach the youth right now today <laughs> you know stay away from plates like uh just 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 chill early right uh but anyway we, we were working working out the very morning and then we go compete uh, or in, in that case it was them but David got third I'm pretty sure he got third and the part that I really liked about uh about this particular story is I read about him in the paper and at that time like even right now and I'll get to this uh, uh as as we as as we go with this episode um even sharing the culture you didn't really hear much about the uh the indigenous culture um uh, anywhere really and it's not just like in the last 10 years uh there's a shift right um, even david himself uh he's from maine uh you don't really hear much about the the mi'kmaq people um and this is what he was telling me in in maine so he was quite surprised when he was with us for several days in in um in halifax and he like, he'll point it out, like they've been talking about the Mi'kmaq on the news a lot, uh, you know, and the good things. And he said that was kind of a, like, it was different for him. Um, and I told him like, know, it wasn't always like that either, right? Uh, um, I know uh, uh, like right now I do go around and uh, and I do talks about the culture not just with work but outside of work as well I, I, I go around to schools as you mentioned universities colleges um, business uh, agencies uh, government at all levels municipal provincial and federal uh, and and I get to, to to share my my culture I'm also part of the speakers um, speakers Bureau uh, as part of treaty education which is fantastic um, so so uh, anyway sorry I'm drifted now going back to my brother, going back to my, seeing him in the newspaper, he was flexing. I still, I still remember like how he flexed. He was 17. He was 17, and he he was competing with the best, like in, I think it was the Atlantic Canadian Championships, and he was flexing. And, and in the newspaper, it's it, 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 the, the headline was uh, strong arm tactics, and I was so like you know seeing somebody that you know that you recognize in the newspaper. I was like, and especially he's my brother. I was like, oh, wow. And of course, right? And that's, that's when I really, uh, uh, you know, hit the gym myself. Like, and I, I was anyway, but I really was focused on arm wrestling, you know, getting to, to know the techniques and stuff like that. And much like anything else, um, table time is important. You know, you, you can't become a, a great hockey player if you don't, uh, you know, practice and uh, uh, doing some, uh, uh, you know, skating around the ice. Uh, and that's just like arm wrestling, you need table time. So you can work out which works, but you need table time. And uh, with different variety of people, it definitely helps. So you help when she and I did arm wrestling.
0: <laughs> I helped I get my butt kicked. <laughs> I was telling you too, I was like, I'm actually pretty good at arm wrestling. I wish we had a few more days so I could learn technique, but I've, I've only lost like actually a few times in my life. And, uh, and it was like going against a wall. Immediately when I tried to, to like move my arm, I knew that there was no chance. It's like, I'm not moving this at all. I've never felt that before, it was interesting. But what's fascinating about um, you that I realized about getting eighth in the world is that you did it at heavyweight, which people are going at like 260 plus pounds. You know, you're a big boy, but like these guys are massive. And since our time, I got super interested in arm wrestling. So I've been watching all the arm wrestling matches and things like that. I was like, Holy crap. Like being able to take out those guys are, are incredible. So that's like, you know, top in the world at a skill, which is, which is really amazing. And I love how you're using that, and you're bringing it to the youth culture, and you're using it as an opportunity to, like, you know, use sport, use arm wrestling for something positive, something good, and and to empower people. So all of that is is just awesome.
1: Well, well yeah, thank you so so much. Uh, um, the beauty of that is going to the worlds. That was my first worlds. Uh, I, I was I was extremely excited. Of course, um, uh, the, the best part is. Uh, you know, we were filming, uh, the Nationals, um, because of my, uh, the, like, I, as you know, and I'll share it actually, uh, I was the uh, uh, the associate producer of a television series called Arm Nation. It was my idea. I put it together, right? Uh, and, and again, it was just the love of arm wrestling. And uh, we, were, we were practicing in Sackville. I, I, love, I love telling stories. <laughs> and I could get to the point but I really want to like, you know, build it up in some ways. And so that's,
0: (laughs) I have noticed, I have noticed you're a good storyteller. And also uh, I don't know how to say like a, like not a bull crapper but like you can't be trusted all the time with certain <laughs> things <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. i think you I, played I, like two pranks on me within I, like probably an hour <laughs> like, what's happening uh,
1: all in good fun yes all, all yes, in good yes, yes. Uh, the majority of the time i uh, yes i do tell the truth uh, i'm a true teller <laughs> and uh, but i do love telling stories um we we're, were practicing in, in, in Sackville. So I got to uh, mention my, my club in, in Sackville. Uh, they're really great guys and gals. Uh, Top-notch, uh, best, actually, in the country, arm wrestlers. And uh, we have young and old. And the, the young ones are, are really, really strong. But anyway, I was in Sackville. This was several years ago. I was in Sackville. And we had Devin Morat. So I got to mention him as well. Uh, phenomenal guy. Phenomenal. And... Uh, we were talking about the television series or television series that was on HBO. I think it was, I don't think I know It was called Game of Arms. And, and uh, um, we were just talking about it and, and we were hoping like, Oh, like it, it, there was a talk amongst us, our messers, Like we were hoping that, you know, maybe to be on that show someday, obviously Devin is a world-class athlete. Like, you know, he's, he's like the best in the world. And, uh, um, we know that obviously he's going to get it. Right. Cause everybody knows that. And then, uh, but I still recall, uh, you know, speaking to the other arm wrestlers and saying like, Oh, wouldn't it be great if we get to be on the show? And then I thought of it like, uh, you know what, like I, I like to make things happen. Right. And I, you know, I just can't sit down and sit back and, you know, not do anything. And I-, and I was like, why don't we just like come up with our own show? Right. I, I remember, uh, uh, I think it was Devin, actually, I mentioned, like, you know, um, why don't we just, like, you know, I put it together. And he said, like, i going to put it together, and I'm going to back it 100%. I went home that night. I'm a, like, fast typer. I went home that night, and, and my, like, my ideas were just, like, you know, they were just going, and I sat down, and I think it was, like, five or six pages. Like, it was, like, and I mean, it's not much. It was five or six pages. It was a proposal of, uh, of this television series. And... um it was called true actually I still remember. It took me a bit to figure out the title and then I got it. It was called True and North Strong. And that was it, true and North Strong. And I was like, Yeah, I love this. I love this idea. True and North Strong. And what it was at that time, it was uh, it was clubs. This was this was my idea, of course. It changed. It was clubs versus clubs. Uh, so, so we have our Sackville club and there's a valley club, and there's one in Cape Breton called the Golden Arms. And I actually, uh, a, fr- a good friend of mine, uh, that's his club. And, and my, of course, my brother's in Escazoni. He has like a little club of, of Aboriginal youth or indigenous youth, sorry, indigenous youth. And um, so so, so I was thinking like, okay, club versus club. And, and then maybe we'll form uh, out of this, clubs in Nova Scotia will form one good team. Like ho- ideally from one in each club, this was my story or before it got changed one one person maybe or two from from each club and that's like like team team say nova scotia and and then uh we'll we'll, we'll uh, the way i did it was there, there's the clubs in pei as well so i said well, they'll form their team in new brunswick as well they'll form their own team and then we'll have like a face-off of these three teams in the atlantic province uh and out of these three teams the best or the the winners would represent Team Atlantic, and then the other teams in Ontario or, or, or Manitoba would do the same. And then, Anyway, that was my idea, um, and I sent it off. I sent it off. Um, I, I got a phone call uh, from the person, and I forgot his name. I'm, I'm so sorry, um, but um, he worked with YTV, and he loved it. And he said that, uh, he's working on a project right now, but if I'm wait like about six or eight months, like he's willing to like, you know, work on this project because he really loved the idea. Um, but then he goes, well, you know, I do have a friend named David Finch, uh, uh from Montreal uh, who specializes in uh, documentaries. I said, this may be the route that you want to go. And I like, you know, um. I was surprised to get a phone call <laughs> and and the other one is like, he was like, he was interested in it. And then they go, yeah, sure. Like, why not? Like, you no, know, let's, let's do this. And then and anyway, uh, I'll just fast forward it. So David and I had a, a, a many phone calls and his wife Marine, beautiful people, um, many, many, many phone calls, Skypes. And, and then we said, okay, let's do this. Uh, and, and of course they changed it. My five pages or six pages proposal, uh, ended up looking like a, um I'm, I'm looking around I don't know why I'm looking around uh like a telephone book <laughs> it, it it was a thick like you know uh because I don't know anything about uh, TV or film you know I, I work for the Department of Justice right and then I had an idea and I put it together and here you go so anyway they put it together like you know write professionally and stuff and they send it to uh, several broadcasters I think there was five and out of those five three jumped at it. And out of those three, it was one of them, APTN, who oh, I love, loved them actually. APTN loved it. He said, wow, instead of like making it like a one hour, an hour and a half documentary, like, let's do the series. And we're like, what? Let's, let's do the series. And of course, we're like, absolutely, let's do this. So my uh, my, my one hour documentary became like a 13 a half hour series. Um, and then and it was uh, about, Indigenous arm wrestlers across the across Canada, and I was one of the featured ones. Uh, they followed me around uh, with a few of my friends from Eskizoni, Bustamite Dusset's one of them, and Mark McPhail's the other. But we have a lot of strong Indigenous arm wrestlers um, from across the, across the continent, really. And and uh, it was really great to, uh, for me anyway, uh, you know, to include. The indigenous and non-indigenous arm wrestlers, even though it was APTN and they wanted indigenous arm wrestlers, I was like, ha, you know, I, I got my, my, into my other community arm wrestlers from Sackville. So I want them included as well. Mark McPhail's a good friend of ours, a family friend. Like he's non-indigenous. So I really want him included as well. So they did. Right. And it was just a real, like everything was real. Not, nothing was scripted. And you know, like uh, that's the reason the story's so long. Uh, I really wanted to be real, genuine. Like I, I had my full-time job. A lot of these arm wrestlers who I was, uh, were the same. A lot of them were coming out of uh, retirement from injuries. Uh, single moms. Like I mean, there were there were fantastic, uh, you know, following. Like you know, because this was real. You know, like and how difficult it is just to train or even to travel to a tournament. Anyway, I loved how they filmed it and captured the uh, uh, the realness, I guess. And then, oh, no, okay, now I'm coming to this part. The Nationals. So we filmed the Nationals. So I, I ran for politics. I, I didn't win, uh, but I won in many ways. Uh, you know, I inspired many, and, and I'm glad about that, actually. I'm really, uh, because, um, you know, uh, I, I guess I inspired a lot of people, indigenous on indigenous people to run for politics. And I always encourage that, right? Um, you know, get involved, vote for whatever party that you choose. It doesn't matter, just like, you know, be involved and associate or, or align yourself with the with the candidate or party that best represents your needs or the community needs. Anyway, um, I didn't win, but they focused on my on my on my run. And when I didn't win, I had literally two weeks. I had two weeks and they asked me, so what are you gonna do? Well, we have the nationals coming, and I had no plans then. Uh, to 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 compete, I said, "Well, we have the nationals coming. I'm gonna going to start training by two weeks. Come on, um, usually not enough. And and then okay, uh, I'm gonna focus on my like it went from politics and jump right into arm wrestling. And I started doing some training, light training, really a week because you don't really want to do anything." at least several days before a big competition, especially the national.
0: It's a natural progression, politics into arm wrestling championships. It's just, <laughs> it's just what people are doing these days. It's, it's the obvious next choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I got the name, the uh, arm wrestling politician. It stuck with me for a bit, actually. And, and uh, uh, you know, the nationals, and I, and I got second. Like, it was the Super Henways. It was the Super headways It was the, the big guys in Canada. And, and I came in second. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Rob McNamara, like, you know, all props to him, it was gold. He won gold. And I'm glad he got gold. Like, you know, he deserved it. He's a multiple Canadian champion. And he was just returning from a, uh, from a retirement so to speak. And he was just coming back, and he cleared it. Like, and, well, of course, I got second. So, like, he got gold, and I got silver. And, and, and at that time, I wasn't sure, because I never went to the, uh, to the Worlds, right? So, so they approached me and said, hey you know you got you got silver and that qualifies you to uh, to go to the worlds. which you be interested and and, and I, like i mean it is what i've been arm like uh, as as i mentioned like about 25 years uh maybe it was brought up to me like when i was younger but i didn't really grasp it um so i was quite surprised i was like oh wow like world school. absolutely like i would love to go so it was in budapest so uh there was like about 20 of us went, traveled, Chantel went with us as well. Um, we, we, we went, um, it was beautiful. And everybody was talking about like the, 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 the city, you know, the architect, you know, you're gonna love it. And I wasn't really into like architecture or, or anything. Uh, I do love culture. I love learning. Um, and, and when I went, it was the very first day, we're walking in the street in, in Budapest and everything was just old, so old. The culture was so rich and I'm like looking around and said wow like I, I took pictures many pictures it was just leading up to the building and 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 I was just so fascinated like with whatever with anyway here I am again uh and and then uh we were there for a week but we explored like uh Chantil made this top 10 list and we saw like even then some like we we saw everything we did our we did our uh Uh, weigh-ins we did the registration on day one day two was the um uh team photos uh and then we have like from afternoon on so we we explored the city and i didn't get to compete until like four or five days after and uh yeah um i still recall going into my weight class which was a super heavyweight i thought like okay my arms are going to get ripped Like um, I was the lightest one in the class. I was exactly 243 pounds and it was like 242 pounds and over. And, uh, and I'm like, okay. uh, So lost
0: that one pound.
1: (laughs) I I, I could have, I could have easily. But what happened was there was two other people from Canada that were in the lighter class. And there's only two. Uh, So I couldn't, I couldn't because they were there right so so i ended up like trying to gain as much as i can actually actually i was 245 because i gained like three pounds purposely trying to uh you know uh, be heavier but anyway i was the lightest one and the average the average was like about 300 pounds and over and they were about six foot five and over Jeez. so yeah i know uh but yeah i came eight um you know my thing was there was like, about 22 of us there was like about 1500 competitors there's about 1500 competitors that the energy was so insane we all love the sport right you know, from you see other arm wrestlers from different countries and the music is playing it's almost like a ufc set you know, like the big big stage there's eight arm wrestling tables and there's like two referees in each one two big jumbo screens on each side and and they you know, like oh my god like the music's playing and but we all have that love and passion for it so we're like we're all like you know wow even though we're competitive we're competition but we're all like wow like, you know the, the energy was so great and then uh, I competed there was like about 20, 20, 22 in our class and and again these are the best in the world and I really didn't want to like finish last that was my thing I didn't want to finish last at all like I, I said like okay even if I win one like I'll, I'll be good I didn't expect to win several I, I mean I really did and, and like I, I mean I wasn't defeating myself when I started because that's one of the things I teach right like you know or 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 when I when I do my presentations uh, or when I'm engaging with youth and thank you for mentioning that when you started it off yeah I do I do go around communities and doing uh, motivational talks or 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 inspiring them but I also. Uh, uh, I, I wasn't defeating myself in that way. I, I just saw these monsters from Russia, and Poland, Germany, and was like, oh, oh, oh boy, right? Uh, so I gave it all I got, of course. So, you know, we're, we're, we're like, I'm in, I'm in like in Budapest. I'm, I'm the, pretty sure I was the only indigenous person uh, competing with the best in the world. And I certainly didn't want to like go like, you know, last. I was really aiming for gold. I was really aiming for gold. And when I, when I won couple, and, of course, I lost some as well. Um, but when it was over, and I'll share one story, actually, before. About, but um, actually, I'll share it right now. Do we got time? Okay. So <laughs> it'll be quick. It'll be quick. Now, this is leading up to that, like, eight. Yeah. Uh, what happened was, uh, I was I was arm wrestling, and I think it was the guy from um, – um, Poland, or I, 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 I'm not even entirely sure right now, but but when I'm doing my talks, uh, I, I I say Poland or Russia anyway. I was going, and and, uh, and and we're both locked in the hook. We're both locked in the hook, and 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 all I think of is and again being the only indigenous person here with with a lot of like like you know people. I'm like holding off and okay now I'm not only representing like you know Nova Scotia like I'm I'm like. Like I'm wearing a Canadian shirt, like this is for Canada. And I was really holding and holding, like, you know, trying to go and, and, but really what really working, this is what I share with the youth, uh, indigenous, non-indigenous actually, but more so with the indigenous youth. I go like, and I hold and I like, you know, really, really give it up and position myself. Right. And I'm really calm and I really don't want to lose because you're both locked in. And, and, uh, and all I can think of was like, okay you're indigenous you're Mi'kmaq, come on and then off i went and and I, and I won like i won and of course this next match i lost and 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 then when i went down somebody said hey you got eighth and and um i remember turning around there's this big big screen behind me and and it shows like uh from the bottom like the place the finisher like from 22 or 21 and then 20 19 18 17 like you know it goes down the list and then uh, and then I was eight. So there were still seven people left. And I was like, eight? I was like, eight? Like, I mean, I was jumping with, like, like joy. And I was like, wow, yes. I was hugging my teammates. And I was like, eight. Because if you don't win first, second, or third, you want to be in the top ten. You want to be in the top ten. So you can claim, this is what, what you told to me. So you can claim that you're best in the world. You're top ten in the world. So I have that. Like, I, I officially can say I'm the best. I'm the top 10 in the world for the super headwinds. So. That's
0: my story. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, dude, it's pretty amazing. And like, yeah, d- your size is shocking that you did it for the super heavyweights because after I got back from Nova Scotia, I just started watching arm wrestling videos like crazy. <laughs> and so it's like this whole amazing world and it's starting to explode. And, and like I kind of said, I like how you're, you're using that opportunity. You seem to use all the, the time that you get an opportunity from whatever you're doing to support the youth and to share about the indigenous culture, the Mi'kmaq culture, and things like that. So there's a lot of different ways that we could go with this, but I guess – I'll kind of direct it that way, you know. I saw in the in the paper on Monday. You know, it's like Thanksgiving, but it was the first uh, Indigenous Peoples Day, which makes sense because you know, doing research <laughs> and study in Canada and North America, it's like, yeah, Columbus discovered America. I was like, well, not really. There kind of people here first, and uh, you know, there's a whole history that's not being taught in in Western education. And so, when you're going around and you're you're talking to the youth, I guess the question is, um, what do you what do you in, try to inspire with them how is the youth culture there i know that the youth culture around the world could use some help i wrote a little thing on my instagram last week about just giving youth better role models like who do we have to look up to like is it katy perry and you know rappers singing about you know acquiring uh, more gold and booties and cars and whatever the case is we need people sharing a real message you know so when you're speaking to them what are you, what are you trying to share? And what is it that you want people to know about the Mi'kmaq culture when you're speaking to, uh, non-natives
1: uh, to, to be themselves, be proud, really like be proud, um, over the years, even myself, uh, to culture. And I even mentioned earlier, uh, it, it's, it's, there's, it, it wasn't even like, this like 10, 15 years ago. Um, you know, I talk about my challenges and struggles living in, uh, on reserve and even off reserve. Um, you know maneuver my way around the uh the non-indigenous society I guess. Uh you know, I've I've encountered a lot of discrimination and racism. Um uh, but I had good teachers. I have good teachers. Uh, two of my parents being 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 those uh being one of them. Uh, and then, then of course my siblings and and then my aunts and uncles, uh family and then our community elders. Uh, you know, uh, I have good teachings and um so so I try to uh you know uh relay some of these messages that i received or some of the teachings that i got uh and then and, uh, you know you know share that with with the youth but mostly it's just being proud being proud is, is extremely important because uh you know we, we have a lot of uh um, traumas uh in, in our communities the intergenerational traumas from from uh uh, colonization, uh, from 60 school from the Indian residential schools, uh, uh, Indian day schools. My father, um, was, uh, was a survivor. He attended the schools, uh, when he was six and he escaped. <laughs> uh, I can't say he left. He escaped, uh, when he was 12 years old. He was, he was beaten. He was abused, uh, uh, uh at all levels. And, um, and, uh, you know, like, uh, there was, there was like working in, in uh, working for the Department of Justice. Uh, I worked in a correctional center uh, for about nine years. Uh, you know, when we have a lot of our brothers and sisters uh, that were deeply affected uh, from from these schools, uh, and a lot of the people right now we have uh, our, our residential school descendants, and uh, you know, just the just the effects uh, is, it was just so damaging to our people. Uh, you know we're still dealing with suicide and addictions and abuse, and we have people uh, we we have a lot of great people in our communities uh indigenous and non indigenous um that, that are that are truly uh are 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 genuine and kind people um that they're trying to help uh our people and uh and uh you know we we know that um you know, there's, there's a lot of healing um, still needs to be done. But luckily uh, for myself, you know, I had good teachers and, and uh, my father, he was an advocate for health and wellness really. And uh, you know, I, I, I value, I value that. And uh, you know, and one of the teachers said he, he stressed was respect. And uh, you, you know, um, so being an advocate for health and wellness, uh, making proper life choices, um, you know what what not to do. Avoid the alcohol and drugs. Lift the red road. Uh, you know, know your teachings. Uh, we we have to. You know, uh, right now I'm just starting to embrace the spirituality on my end. Uh, you know, the daily smudges. Uh, um, you know, I do attend sweat lodges, uh, and when I do go to and speak with youth, um, you know, uh, I do say, you know, it's okay to say that uh, that you did this uh because oh, i use my experience uh you know uh, i have a a good job right now and i was brought up to uh not to boast or or uh um not to show off and and i still like you know um and then that's like you know that's great um but it took a bit for me to uh, uh you know maneuver around government uh because a lot of people uh, well, especially the leadership roles, they want a person that say, "I did this," you, you know, and and bringing brought up uh, in a community setting where, you know, we're our team. Like it, it took a bit for me to, you know, to to push that aside. Like some of my teachings aside so I could advance, I thought that was wrong. Uh, so. I do say to the youth, it's okay. Keep keep your teachings. Like, you know, I'm trying to change the government right now, or change the system from within. <laughs> uh, and and uh, you know, it's okay. Keep your teachings. You don't have to do what I did. I, I had to push push my teachings aside in order to, like I said, advance. And um, but it's okay to be proud. It's okay, like, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, to take on things. If you have a dream, go for it. If it, if it means that you have to leave uh, your community, well, be it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great people out there, uh, that will help you along the way. Uh, and I certainly had great teachers, indigenous, non-indigenous. I had excellent teachers, uh, meaning, uh, not just my elders, but teachers as in schools. Uh, I had some, like, I saw, I, I remember this, like when I was in grade nine, because our schools were, was from kindergarten to grade nine, this was in zone, And from grade nine, I mean, from grade 10 to grade 12, you have to move out of the community. Um, and to go to, a, uh, go to a high school, which was in Sydney. It was like about 45 minutes away. And he told me, um, excuse me, sorry. Uh, he told me, um, get involved. Like, don't be afraid, Trevor. Be involved. Uh, get into council. Uh, try out things. You're, 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 you're athletic, because I was arm wrestling around that time. You're, you're very athletic. You know, join, join hockey, join baseball. Um, I did, uh, I did join rugby actually when I did go and I met a lot of, a lot of friends because the teacher was non-indigenous. He said that, right. You know, like, because, uh, you know, in, in high school, we had our own group, right. Uh, you know, there was indigenous students and then there was like non-indigenous students and it was only really two groups. And, uh, and then it was always like that, right? you know, maybe, uh, occasional like a certain person would have a friend from the the other group um but he asked like he like that stuck with me and I was like oh so when I got to high school I was like oh, like I, I'm actually going to do what he told like what he told me like and I'm actually going to do that and, I'm, and again I'm willing to learn right so I started like you know I I, I went into a, a, a tryout and of course I got in and I got to know more like other people I got to know more their stories their backgrounds and and with them with me right and they were asking these questions they didn't know anything about the indigenous people so so uh, you know because i saw this from my father as well even though i just mentioned about this teacher but my father was uh he, he popularized that notion of uh community relations long before it was popular uh, because he was coaching he was coaching our youth and was taken into uh, uh the tournaments uh in the, in the non-indigenous tournaments. But but he was educating both, like okay, like you know, on both sides because we were kind of like I still remember I was young. He was he was educating like okay, no, they're good, like you know, because we're all like you know, <laughs> they're not indigenous. But anyway, um, so so when I when I got to, uh, became friends with my my uh, my teammates, um, uh, you know, it was on and off the field. I was like, wow, like, you know, and, and I started introducing them to more of my friends and, you know, uh, and I really that, like that, you know, and um, that's, that's, that's just one. And where was that? You were asking me a question. Oh,
0: yeah, go ahead. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, get, we're talking about the youth, right? And just huh. like from what I've seen, I, when I was in Whistler, I was uh, teaching boxing at the youth center there. And, you know, this is a culture in Whistler where they, have a a lot you know what i mean it's a privileged culture but even seeing where their minds are at that time and what they deal with and and watching them you know just go through adolescence is a challenging time for a lot of people so i can't imagine what it would be like for you growing up or or some you know having these more challenging circumstances and like feeling ostracized or or whatever the case may be it's a lot more challenging Plus the whole history of it, you know, you touched on a lot of really heavy topics, you know, about like the school system and yeah, surviving and escaping. You have to escape a school. You know, most people, I only really found out about this from David, uh, you know, and then um, Brian Francis, who I'm going to keep saying it again. I hope you're watching, Brian. Put your documentaries on YouTube, man, about the school systems and how absolutely awful they were. And so you're moving into like, you know, this new way. Right. And let's say this new culture. And it's almost like you when you're talking about uh, having to change your like your beliefs a little bit to like uh, advance over here. That's like almost like what a simulation is, you know, it's like, don't even worry about like that. Your if you uh, embody what your beliefs are, you're not going to make it over here. So you'll be put in such a challenging spot, you know, and it'd be like, damn it this is awful. And so we want to give the best opportunity to the youth, you know, the best opportunity to youth of of any nation. So what do you, what do you think? um, What can we do to empower indigenous youth or even youth in general? Now, what would they need? What would you like to see as far as like, whether it be support, whether it be programs, whether it be um, a philosophy or idea that people are just getting wrong, like to build a very strong foundation so they can begin to explore these new ideas in this in this growth in a way that um they're allowed to like hold on to their traditional values
1: we're we're we're, we're getting there we're, we're almost there i would say we have a lot of great leaders and i have to give credit to uh uh our leaders here in nova scotia we have 13 communities in nova scotia and all of these 13 communities have 13 great leaders and um Escazoni, thats where I'm from. We have a, a, a really good chief, and his name is Leroy Geni, and uh, he's 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 phenomenal. Actually, I have to give him that, uh, Leroy Galuto Um He's doing really great uh, with the youth. Actually, um, he's much like what I do right now—you um, know, advocating, uh, you know, health and wellness, making proper life choices, you know, being active—and that's what he embodies. That's what he does. Uh, and he's doing this for his whole community, and he's been doing this. He's been uh, 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 he's been elected chief for several uh, terms already, and so he's doing really good. And people see that, and and when people see that, they they they, they, they want to be like that, and and that and that's what he's doing. So like we have great leaders, uh, and leaders we have great community leaders. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of even youth that are young, educated, smart, traditional. So we have young elders who, who are, who are educated. Like, I mean, that's insane. Like, it's not just in Escazoni. It was like, it is throughout. And I really love that. Like, I really respect that. I, I really like, I mean, uh, I, 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 like, I, I'm not, not, I just don't talk about my chief Leroy. Uh, you know, I talk about others. Um, uh, I, I forgot her name for a moment. Uh, Andrea Paul. Like she like about the environment. She's very passionate about the environment. She's educated. She's very smart. You know, but I like these chiefs uh, 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 that that are going that extra mile to to help their community. And uh, so going back to Leroy, um, you know, he, people people look up to him because what he does. And then again, uh, he's, he's connecting with, with youth and, and, uh, he's a great hockey player too. And actually he tried arm wrestling as well a few times, but he didn't arm wrestle this year. Uh, uh, but, but he's, he's a great guy. He's an excellent role model. And that's what I'm leading up up to. Uh, we, we have, uh, we need more role models. Uh, we, we, we have great people in our communities. Elders are highly respected. Um, youth are, are growing up, uh, uh you know having these role models uh, right in their communities. You mentioned earlier uh <laughs> you know Katy Perry and uh you know uh, celebrities are great even though if they have a great message or uh if they're using their popularity correctly and right. Um because social media can be uh can be a great thing and, and can be a bad thing. Uh you know, right now social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter for instance um i use twitter uh, at t Center pass <laughs> um you know, I, I i tweet a lot about positivity and that's who i am in real life and that's how i usually tweet uh you know hashtag happiness hashtag Ma, like whatever uh, but i usually uh, i usually tweet anything about positivity uh I'll, I'll, I'll tweet something about the culture i'll tweet something about arm wrestling i'll tweet something like anything good anything positive and, and I get a lot of uh, positive uh, feedback. It's usually engaging. I'll get retweets and likes, or you know, but it's always engaging. And it's kind of funny. I uh, um, I don't have that many followers as you, <laughs> uh, but I have about 10,000. And it's funny in HRM when I'm walking, uh, people do approach me, like you know, they say, Hey, you're Trevor. I follow you on Twitter. Like, Twitter man. Like, like, can we take a picture? And no, no, I mean it's kind of funny for me saying this, but it has, happens a lot. But it's because usually they say i love your tweets i love how you tweet about the culture i i didn't know anything about the the Meemaw culture i'll tweet something like okay what year did like um i tweeted this before what year did we uh, did we as an indigenous people get to vote what year did we became canadian citizens what year did the residential school close right you know it was 1996 in saskatchewan uh 1956 we got to vote um became canadian citizens so it was 1960 that we were granted the right to vote. Um, you know the residential schools. We had one in Shubenacadie. We didn't have any in New Brunswick or PEI, but all the children from those provinces were taken to uh, Shubenacadie here in Nova Scotia. My father being one of them. And yes, he did escape. He was he was he was pretty much tortured. Um, you know we're, there is a dark history that we that we must talk about and learn, and, and then move on together. Uh, you know I did mention about the treaty education and the importance of treaty education and um and and people don 't know about our histories and treaties and there 's a part like yeah there's some dark histories, but we talk about it but treaty education it was like we we're all treaty people you know it's it 's your ancestors and my ancestors we we did the uh you know we signed these treaties uh, and this is our responsibility um so um you know uh, we 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 do have great community leaders i was I, and and uh community leaders and elders and, and allies like Matt, you're doing a great thing. Like, you know, here I am in, 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 in your podcast, like, you know, I'm really, am truly grateful and thank you. Cause I know, uh, you know, you're, you're a per- very popular guy yourself. And, and so thank you for even giving me this platform to talk about like, you know, who I am, who we are, what I do. Um, you know, cause I really, truly love the culture and I, in whatever I can, whatever, every opportunity I get, like, I, I, I share, like, you know, it's education, it, it is important. And, and uh, you know, whether it's social media, tweeting, or in person, or even this, it, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, planting seeds. You know, I know you, you have a lot of viewers that are seeing this. And, uh, you know, that's important for me to just share some of my culture, who I am, the way we live, um, to people you know doing presentations I've been doing a lot of presentations because in in Nova Scotia um, we we have uh, we celebrate MIMA history month for the whole month of October but uh, but I've been doing it and a lot of other people has been doing it we've been doing it yearly and uh, you know we do have uh, uh, educators uh, and we do have our our elders excuse me and we have our um, academics like I mean, it's it's uh, everybody's taking part, and and again, allies, we're all like we're all moving together towards reconciliation. Right? So,
0: yeah. Well, well, you said a lot there, and <laughs> treaty education is something really fascinating. Brian Francis will share a lot on his uh, Facebook. I find really fascinating, and you know, I went and did uh, law and security and and basically law my my second year, and it was really confusing, but. What I learned was that it's like our birth certificate is basically a shipping container seat, and there's a difference between natural law and legislative law. And when the Europeans come over, you know, you look at this piece of land, nobody owns the land, right? And everybody in this taxation system, this government system, this whole thing, the money system, is all this made up thing. And so the indigenous people are signing this original treaty, and it goes on and on and on and basically, the Canadian government, if I understand it correctly, we need Brian on to make sure but they're they're kind of defaulting on all of all of those original treaties it's like if you go back it 's like you have not agreed to this by your own legislation, but this is still moved forward so far beyond. Uh, what was originally attended or agreed upon when you look at those original treaties and that's playing by their game of signing this grand illusion of paper and, and taxes and ownership and all the madness that goes with that. But that's a rabbit hole for me in, in my own space. what I wanted to you can feel free to touch on that if you want. But what I wanted to ask when when you and go ahead, but I'm gonna ask this too when you if you could share like any one to three or five pieces of of knowledge with non-natives you know and if there's anything you'd want them to know about either Mi'kmaq culture or uh, indigenous culture, what would you want them to know
1: my 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 things are always when I do my presentation um, is to ask in the audience because I've done presentations as small as say 10 people as large as 800 people. So I'm quite comfortable in speaking in small or even larger groups, actually the larger the better. And I love interacting. I love engaging. I love asking questions too. Um, I always ask is for people to be open-minded. And of some of the four things I always ask is learn, act, engage and participate. So there's four things I always I always uh, um, emphasize I guess so learn act engage and participate of course being open-minded so when I do my presentations uh, I know you mentioned about the, uh, the treaties uh, you, you, you know uh, there was there was a part yeah like uh, there was a treaty denial um, right now like here in Nova Scotia um, you know it's there's some gray areas. Um, but, uh, you know, we do celebrate treaty day, um, you know, um, we do tr- celebrate treaty day in Nova Scotia, uh, and it's every October 1st. So this past October 1st, which was, which was on a Tuesday, it was like about two weeks ago. Um, you know, we, we celebrated treaty day, uh, in Halifax and it's a renewal of friendship really between two people or two, uh, between the government and the first nations people. And, and, and that's what it is. It's a peace and friendship uh, treaty um and uh and it officially kicks off mima history month but in the 1600s uh you know um during contact um you know our numbers and our land drastically uh you know lowered and decreased uh in the 1700s um you know it was a tumultuous time uh, it m- not much changed uh, other than the 1752 treaty. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that happen even from then, uh, like even a year later, but I'm not going to get into that. And then there's the 1800s. Uh, the 1800s, of course, we have the Indian Act, uh, which kind of like dictates us, like, you know, how we uh, operate even today. In um, the 1900s, we have our schools. We have the sixty scoops, the Indian day schools, and the residential day schools. And, um, you know, I did say the last one did close in 1998 six and um you know um it was government government led but it was run by the uh, catholic churches and uh you, you know and we're still feeling these negative effects the intergenerational trauma like i, I mean the the abuse that this and again the suicides but we but we do have people right now of of, of all kinds and trying to help uh and um um so, so for me, uh, you know, education is, is extremely important. Um, you know, uh, and it kind of goes back into again, like you know, learn, act, engage, and participate. Understand. Uh, you know, when I do my presentations, I, I encourage them to go to a Mauiomi or a powwow. You know, go check it out. It's free. You'll see the dance and the beautiful regalia being worn, the drumming, the stories being shared. Like it's so beautiful and it's free. Like, there's no alcohol, no drugs, no nothing. Like, you just go and, and experience it. And and I, like you know, uh, I also say you know check out the vendors. Be sure when you do go, <laughs> when you do go to a powwow, you know bring some money with you. We got excellent like people that make crafts and they sell these things. So anyway, take some money. You you, you can buy stuff. You can you're supporting them. As well and, and it's actually authentic don't buy any dollar store stuff no dollar store stuff store stuff so like go to a powwow you can get your real real items there so so i always encourage people to go powwow check it out it's free and you, you'll experience it you'll 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 hear stories um and uh you know and then again if you have uh, uh if you want to buy Something for that special someone, you know. Check out the vendors. But anyway, uh, I always encourage uh, people to just be open minded. Like, to you know, try things. If you don't know, ask. Um, you know, one of the things I get asked a lot. Like, and I'll share my, one of my experience. Like, uh, some of the questions that I frequently get asked is like, okay, um, what is the proper term of you know calling? You, um, you, you, you know, and it's a legitimate question. Um, if it's genuine, of course, and, and um and and it is, I, I usually say, Well, Trevor <laughs> But like right now indigenous uh, <laughs> Indigenous uh, uh has been uh adapted um uh, from the federal government uh, in, in twenty sixteen so uh, or twenty fifteen anyway. Indigenous but for me I'm Mi'kmaq because we are Mi'kmaq and I have to say this. Uh I'm in Nova Scotia is part of the Atlantic Province. This is uh, this is um, uh, the traditional ancestral and unceded Miwok territory, the land that we never gave up. We never surrendered to it, to it. and and uh, you know it kind of goes what you uh, mentioned a little bit about Brian about treaties and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, like uh, a lot of there was a lot of misconception um, from the non-Indigenous people thinking that uh, well, one that we surrendered our land. Um, and the other was that, uh, um, where was I going with this? I even forgot my second one. <laughs> um, well, there was also
0: the, remember when we were talking at the beginning, because you, when I was in Nova Scotia, you were saying Mi'kmaq, um, but David, the Senate pastor was saying Mi'kmaq. And I was like, was I saying it wrong? Um, but the first time, I don't know if you know this, I'll share, I, I, I share it as embarrassing, but I said Mi'kmaq, but that's like the, that's the derogatory Term, and he didn't correct me. I was like, why did you let me do that? You should have just corrected me. He's like, no, it's not what I do. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I would have just kept saying that if you didn't, if you didn't correct me, but you were telling me that there's two pronunciations. And I didn't know that what you just shared that you didn't give up your land. It, I would have figured it was some sort of war thing, right? Where you're like, surrender your land or we kill you type of deal. But is this just the certain part of Nova Scotia or is it all land or how do you know how much?
1: No, no, Mi'kma'ki, uh, because we're, we're um, Mi'kmaq, oh, that's the part where I was getting at, like I'm Mi'kmaq and we are Mi'kma'ki. Uh, that, that's all of Nova Scotia, all of Prince Edward Island, all of New Brunswick, southern part of uh, Maine or, or actually southern part of Newfoundland and northern part of Maine or South Bay, south Bay Peninsula uh, is pretty much the Atlantic provinces. That's Mi'kmaq because we had seven districts in the past. So seven districts, and um, so so it's and <laughs> so it is like something like the Atlantic Province. So that's Mi'gmaq. You know the Mi'kma, uh, You know we we, we belong uh, in the Wabanaki Confederacy. There was a the Mi'gma, uh, the uh, um I hope I'm saying it right because they, they they just changed it recently, and I don't want to say the old word they used to say it, but, Um Penobscot, and uh, there was one other or two, um, but we belong in the Wabanaki Confederacy, uh, and, but in a much larger uh, group, I guess we're, we're part of the Algonquin uh, tribe, but Mi'kmaq is is part of uh, the Atlantic province, so with Mi'kmaq, you know, uh, I am Mi'kmaq. Like, you know, to, to, to territorial, ancestral, unseated. It's important for me to say that. It's important to, to for everyone, really, especially in Canada or North America or Turtle Island, which is North America. Uh, you know, uh, to know your territories, right, and, and to respect that as well. We had an incident here, and actually, I don't really want to talk about it. We had an incident here with a lawyer uh, uh, for the premier. Um, he he mentioned that there's no need to uh, you know, to consult the Myanmar people, uh, regarding to certain treaty because he believed that we were conquered, like conquer people. <laughs> I was like, no, no, we were never conquered. Come on, man. Come on. Right. Uh, no, he got a lot of heat over that. And then I think actually he got booted. I don't know the whole detail. Um, but he's no longer the lawyer for the premier. Um, uh, but he did try to go for that. And I think, uh, um, you know, we had, uh, you know, uh, people, um, uh, you know, uh, raise that and, uh, you know, it was a, it was a serious issue, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, Mi'kmaq-y. that's, that's, uh, you know, the, the land that, uh, the, the we, the Mi'kmaq, you know, we were I can't, I can't even speak, but uh, this is our territory.
0: Ah, huh, that's interesting. I didn't know any of that. And so what would you and and for me doing like research in, in different uh areas of you know Native American history, you know, Mi'kmaq specifically because of David, where would a, a person go to find out more of real information? Because there's a very famous quote which I should know off by heart, but it's essentially history is recorded by the winners. And so when history is recorded by the winners and the Europeans are uh, influencing the school system and the Catholic church is influencing uh, the Native American culture. And then that, um, you know, there's such an awful thing. It, how I got into all of this was uh, I wanted to understand how we had war. I didn't understand how there was war on the planet. It just confused me. And it also confused me that people are starving to death. It still confuses me now. I just looked mm-hmm. it up the other day. Thri- Three billion people on the planet live on less than $2 and 50 cents a day. Mm-hmm. What? the flying f-bomb is going on you know we're not allowed to murder somebody one-on-one but we can suppress an entire culture we can um, do cultural genocides all over the place Um, then we can drop bombs on people who is agreeing to these things and what the heck is actually happening there that bugs me and i wish it would i wish it would stop um so if somebody wants to figure out and learn more about like the real history and they're, and, they, and they're curious about it. Do you have any like people or resources or books or, or ways, you, you know, one of your things was to say, you know, go to a powwow or go to an event and ask questions, but is there anything else that you'd recommend for people if they really want to learn more, uh, Indigenous or, or not?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, uh, we, we do that. Have- Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, I thought that was a small child.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I
0: remember him, he was nice,
1: (laughs) Teddy. Uh, Yeah, um, but but we do have uh a lot of academics, uh, elders now, elders. I, I just got asked this again just the other day, uh, like, um, who can be an elder? An elder is, uh, it doesn't have to be a male. It doesn't have to be, Oh, it to be, it'll be male or female. And you don't have to reach a certain age, like when you turn 65 and you're an elder. Ah, no, that doesn't have this. That does, doesn't work that way. Elderly, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, they, 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 they're they very knowledgeable. And I i mentioned it earlier, like there are lawyers or scholars or educators, doctors, nurses, you know, certain law, certain elders, are, are, are uh they're specialized or they're very knowledgeable about certain things as well so not our elders are the same um you know some elders may be very uh, uh knowledgeable about the, the history or even the treaties the other elder may be very uh, knowledgeable about the, uh, the spirituality and tr- traditions um so we have like again we have different different types with some some have like strengths in some areas and some don't and and uh you know you need good people uh, uh You know to point you out to that right and when you do see an elder you know especially asking something you know be sure to give something ideally tobacco uh you know when you're asking for something um you know be be sure to give them tobacco uh most elders won't even say that they're an elder if so if you hear a person that's saying that he's an elder (laughs) um uh you know chances are they're not um because uh you know most most of the time they'll like you'll know (laughs) okay um not saying that elders are out there and they're saying that they're elders that they're not like you know they can't but most of most cases what i know when i understand what i was told like actually another elder told me this actually so uh, he said if you hear an elder saying that he's an elder he's not an elder actually i could say that because he told <laughs> me that <laughs> yeah. but but that's what he said uh and and uh you, you know um so so you can go to those and when and, and i did mention our or when for, for my, I'll focus in Eskizone. So we have 13 communities. We have five communities in Cape Breton or or Iwanamagi um, is the land of the fog. It's Cape Breton. We have five, Eskizone being one of them. Eskazoni is the one of the largest Mi'kmaq communities in the Atlantic province, or Mi'kmaq. And, right. and how many,
0: I uh, just wanted to throw this out there because that's something I learned in Nova Scotia. How many uh, Mi'kmaq were there before the Europeans came over? Was it 7 million?
1: I think so, yes. I don't know quite the number but it was a lot
0: i think it was six or seven million and then after like i don't know a few hundred years it was down to a few hundred thousand something as bad as that yes wow okay yeah i know and
1: that's crazy well well, disease was uh had a lot to do with it as as, as well right um but yeah um eskazoling like right now uh the population is like about five thousand and um It's it's uh, you know I have to give credit again to the chief like he's 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 turning it around Um, you know and it's not just the chief it's not just one person running the whole community there's a team of them right and there's council there's chief and council and the council have uh, a great team as well you know we have our band managers and then we have our people our directors you know working in the band office Um, and then 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 we have our community members and these community members we have our elders so everybody does a um, does a part to really um you know help the community we have excellent volunteers so if you want to know something or somewhat like a about a history you know it's, it's so easy to get that right now i know we have like i mentioned we have a lot of educated uh, elders as well uh that are going to school and these are some of the young people they're they're they're, got, they're, they're going for their masters right now when they got them like a um like the you know they're very knowledgeable about the culture and they're very educated and i love that like i mean it was always like a rare thing in the past but now there's like a, I'm, there's so much right now that you see it like uh and and uh you know i'm so like thankful for that because our future for me like and especially with them that young you know it's, it's so bright because we like right now our elders uh, we don't have that many elders right now uh and and uh you know, we need more and we need more. And we have all these young future leaders, um, very educated. And some are books. Some There's some books that are, that are out there. Um, you know, I I have a book. I have a book. That's coming out 2021. 2021, I signed a contract with Nimbus, which is one of the uh, uh, respected um, publishers in Atlantic Canada, Nimbus. Yay. <laughs> but anyway, I wrote. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. So so uh, you know, but we do have uh, um, you know we do we do have people that are really uh, uh, educated, and you, you can ask because a lot of like there's a lot of oral history like my side of the family, um, the last hereditary grand chief he passed in, in 1918. He was my great great grandfather, and uh, I could only go like a, there's there's like a I, I put it. <laughs> A, a large amount of hours uh, into the research and it was only two like my great great grandfather was john denny senior and then john denny jr and and then uh uh the the natural line of progression was interrupted due to colonization um instead of like handing it over to his son uh, they loaned the way before he passed uh, and and uh you know the, the the that's how the first elected grand chief came about was Gabriel Sulliboy. But then um Newell, not Newell but Simon Denny, he was supposed to uh take on that role but he ended up taking the grand captain role which is a, a really important uh role as well. But anyway, there's a lot of history even from my own family uh because a lot of uh a lot of um uh the people that wrote not necessarily winners um, but a lot of people that did write history didn 't co- even quite understand uh, the ways of uh, the way how we conducted business in some ways, so they kind of like made sense in the way they wrote it and 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 it didn 't give credence or credibility to oral history <laughs> and and uh, and again a lot of our um, you know um, we have the grand council and uh, a lot of our history or, or a lot of uh, the history. Was documented in this um, a piece of uh, uh, wampum belt. This called it was, it was quite long, and that that disappeared because we have the Pudus, which is the record keeper. He was in charge of it. So any important meetings, anything anything important at all that to be noted, it was it was it was noted on the wampum belt, like like from past histories. And he was the only one that could decode it, other than the grand chief as well. But he could only one that decode it and read the, um, uh, the histories and that disappeared. They, they said that it disappeared sometime in the mid-1900s. Um, I, that I'm not quite familiar with so I can't really get into much detail on that but I do know that uh, that is no longer here and it is gone and a lot of our history went with that.
0: Yeah, that's a super important Piece of information when I was talking to, and I'm curious what you think, but when I was talking to Clifford Mahoudi, who's a Zuni elder, he was saying it's a 20,000 year history. When I was talking to, you know, cousin David Lone Bear, he said 20,000 year history. And when I was talking to the Mayan elder down in Guatemala, he said 20,000 year history. And they Tell also knew. All said it was oral. You know, the European Western is like two thousand years. Jesus Christ came down. It's all no. <laughs> like that's it no. is. Like, it's like wait a second. There's pyramids here. You know what I mean? We've dated those over ten thousand. So we have these old ancient civilizations, and um, I'm there must be so much in that oral history. And it's interesting that you know when you traced it back, it was to your great great grandfather around eighteen hundreds or early nineteen hundreds, something like that. And so that's really the gap the 1900s to 2000 of like where things really go missing because one of the things that clifford was saying was that the smithsonian um is not the greatest in his view because they kind of went around and they stole a lot of the uh the zunis items they had all these spiritual spots he said now there's he's like i can tell you where we had technology and i know this and uh there's these uh, places and now they have military bases or they're closed off or you can't access them. He's like, these were all our sacred spots. And I went to, when I was in Washington, D.C., I went to the, I don't know what it's called, like the Indigenous People's Museum in Washington, D.C. And uh, David had a really hard time in there. And he was just looking at all this stuff and he's like, this shouldn't be here. This shouldn't be here. And I know, um, I guess Donna Augustine, and I don't, I don't know if you know her. or not. I do. Oh yeah, she's she's interesting. I met her at the Parliament of World Religion. She is very fiery. I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong. She's been going around and collecting remains that um, different museums have had and different um, places have had. Part of what she's been doing is going around and getting those remains out of these spaces that you know they're not supposed to be there, um, and it's really insulting to uh, her, possibly uh, the the culture. I don't know for sure. You can maybe speak on that, but. The interesting thing is that 20,000-year history and where did those go? Who, who took those and how do we find that missing information? And it's, uh, you know, it's obviously an important part of your history to know, you know what, was, what was all of the past so how you can know, you know the future because if it is 20,000 years, which it seems to be, there seems to be no evidence where anyone is not, what does that mean? 50, what the heck happened 15,000 years ago? Who has that information, right? 20,000, like that is some wild stuff. The only um, groups of people that I've heard speak uh, of that timeline of history are any indigenous people, and so I'm curious. Do you do you have any leads on what how we, we would find that information?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. You're ready, ready to? to... <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, there's there's so much, right? There's there's so much. E- even just in my small like family alone like i mean there was just so much and i mentioned like you know like i spent hours hours uh, you know the 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 nova scotia archives in halifax and and speaking with uh, the countless hours i i I spoke with the elders some have passed my family members who have passed you know sitting down and listening to stories and putting it together and it was just so much and i i i received that title unofficially that i'm like a uh, the historian and the researcher for, for the Sai family, right? Uh, Sai being my mother's side, but it was just so much. And, and uh, you know, the uh, like I had my full-time job and, and then I had my part-time job doing cultural presentations or, or arm wrestling demonstrations. Uh, I, I love the arm wrestling demonstrations actually, um, you know, because I, I, it's not just think about arm wrestling. I'll just jump on this and I'll jump back. It's not just think about arm wrestling. Um, you know, when, when I do talk and I do and I did mention earlier, you know, when I do go, I talk about the the, the teachings, um, keep, keep keeping your teachings, being respectful. Uh, and, and I talk about my experiences, uh, even with alcohol and drugs, how I overcame that. Um, and and, uh, and i mentioned this maneuver my way around um, the government uh, and, uh, you know, trying to change it from within now. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, great people even working in, in government right now that that are helping like, or working with us. And, and, um, where was I going? I'm kind of like, boom, jump, jump uh, well,
0: in. Well, part of the history trying to find, you know, how much history is just within your family.
1: Mm, mm. Would... Arm wrestling. And then I'll jump it right back to that. So, so it's not just like about like, like I said, it's not just like about, like an, uh, you know, you know, there's more to it, and then, of course, I show them the proper forms the techniques, what to do, what not to do, and you know show them a little bit, and then off off you go but but the history part the the history part um you know when I talk to my mom she's 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 just abundant of of knowledge like uh, like history and and uh you know it's it's important to, uh uh you know to talk to them right now, like to talk to our elders and 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 uh and, you know, unfortunately, in some ways, we're going to have to start writing things down. And I have. And, and um, um, you know, uh, it's it's we can no longer just sit and talk and then pass it along as much as I would love to. And I am, actually. Uh, you know, here I am sharing some of the things with you. And I'm trying to throw a little bit here and there, here and there. Uh but but it is it is the 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 history itself um but um yeah it's it's just so so much uh just so much to 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 even um um you, you know i just get so um not overwhelmed because i do so many things but but uh you know that small little part of mine. And, and and again, like there's uh, every every family has a story, every, and, and 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 it just pieces together. And and uh, you know, uh, it's unfortunate. W- w- where where did that Wapen Bill go, right? You know, my grandfather again, John Danny Jr. My great great grandfather. He spoke several languages. He he was fluent in Mi'kmaq, He was fluent in English. He was fluent in French. Uh, he was fluent in Gaelic. Um, you, you know, uh, you know, I really respect that person. I never met him. Um, he really did uh, care for for his Myanmar people. And he wasn't just a ruler of Escazoni or governed, <laughs> not ruler, governed, um, Escazoni. Like, you know, he had the whole area, the whole, like, you know, I mean, like New Brunswick and Newfoundland and PEI, like, you know, that was his, that was his area. And he traveled to places he would travel to places and, uh, and meet with the, some community members, if they're having issues with, uh, I don't know, say, land, right? Uh, you know, he'll he'll go and and meet them and 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 uh, you know, write letters to uh, you know, to Ottawa. Uh, you know, he was a very kind, caring man, and it was really really intelligent. Apparently, so I just want to look at that too. Yeah, no,
0: that's amazing. It, it's interesting. Yeah, just one one family history and and how much knowledge is there. And I, I have, this is the first I'm hearing about the Wampum Belt, and that's. Very, very fascinating piece of information to put towards the uh, wild puzzle. Um, dude, this has been amazing and super informative. I want to ask I'm gonna ask you two questions because you can kind of choose on which way you go. Um, one, so you, ch- you can pick either or you can pick both. It's up to you. Is there anything that you wish that I had asked or that you want to talk about? That's your out. And then the other thing is, do you want to share that story that you told me um about the one experience that you had some people want to share those some people don't but i thought that was a pretty wild experience and i think that uh you know if you want to share it i find it interesting to to hear those stories from people so
1: okay which story is that
0: the one where you're looking at the backyard and uh the water
1: yes okay yeah sure i'll I'll share that yeah because i
0: think well i want to you know i wanted to kind of preface it too because like uh you know I think a lot of people, David will talk about this anyway, and, and I'll talk about it too. In my world of like looking at like things that are wild, I think that everybody is looking to connect with like spirit or something in some sort of way, right? And so I do think that um, wh- wherever you are in, the, in, in life, like whether you're spiritual, whether you're not spiritual, wherever you come from, there are things that happen that seemed to be pretty unexplainable. And when you listen to people, usually one person has a story of like, not sure what the heck that was about, but there was like (laughs) something that I can't really explain. And this story was, was a pleasure. So
1: yeah, man, I'll let you take it away. Okay. All right. Um, so, so the story that Matt is, uh, is referring, um, was, uh, this is after I lost my brother. So before I talk about this, I told uh, Matt this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay sharing this now. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really great at sharing it, like, obviously, now, like, you know, you have a larger audience. So I'm really great with that, too. And thank you for bringing this up, because uh, I've been sharing it a lot more lately. But in the past, um, I wasn't. Like, you know, was and I was cold. And it was just only, uh, it even took a bit, even just to share that, even say with Chantel, uh, or even with my brother, or even my mother. I didn't really share it. It was just like, because uh, I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know, like, okay, is like, am I going crazy? Like, you know, is it something? But luckily, as I mentioned, there was a, a person that was also there that saw this. Um, but but uh, you know, I come from a, like a really close knit family. Um, you know, I did mention that uh, there there, was, there were six of us. There was eight of us. We were two parents and six. Uh, you know, I have, uh, two, three brothers. I had three brothers and two sisters now my brother passed, my, my father passed about three years ago. Uh, but my brother passed about 15 years ago. And, uh, and this is a story that I'm sharing with you. It was the time that when my brother passed, he was 35 years old when, when he passed on. And I was like about, uh, 27, I think it is. I think it was like seven years, maybe eight, eight years. Actually he was eight years older than me. And, um, and, uh, when he passed, uh, you know, it was devastating, of course, like, know, it was unexpected. Um, he, his, his health wasn't the best, but it was still unexpected. And, uh, so when he passed it, 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 it was, it was devastating. It was, it was really heavy for, 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 uh, you know, for the community and certainly for our family. And I've never ever wished to, uh, uh, you know, uh, for anyone to lose their uh, sons or daughters, um, even though he's my brother. But I just saw how it, how much it hurt for my mother and my father, how much, like, I mean, I could see the pain. And and, and uh, as I was dealing, uh, you know, the death myself, I just couldn't stop, like, you know, seeing my my parents and um anyway i'll get <laughs> get into the story um so when he when he passed, you know of course uh, I, I was pretty much drowning myself in alcohol at that time, really and um and uh and I, I was just trying to forget everything uh, you know because he and I we were all close um, and uh, it got to the point where like uh you know I had to you know step back and uh you know really um you know find myself i guess and um several months after he passed you know uh, uh you know uh, i was trying to understand i guess i was uh, trying to uh make sense of it all and uh you know um i i, I still remember seeing the the, the pain uh, of my parents and like, I'm, I'm not even talking about my siblings. Uh, they, they, they were, they were, they were devastated. So was I, um, but, but uh, it got to the point where uh, this is the part where um, I, that, that Matt was, was talking about this story. Um, so he passed in April, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. I think it was about seven months after, seven months after I was right by the Bredore Lakes Bedorah Lakes is in, is in, uh, you know, Cape Breton or Unawagi. So beautiful. I love, I love the lakes. And I was faced in South. I mean, there's a reason that I'm saying South. Uh, I was facing South. And, um, at that time I was having a cigarette. Uh, I don't smoke now. I don't even do dr- uh, drugs. I never did drugs. I don't, I don't drink. Uh, I never drank since, uh, even like 2012, but that's the point. Um, I was having a cigarette and, uh, um, and, uh, how do you say, how do I say this? Uh, I was having a cigarette facing, facing, uh, South. And I, I, I just got to the moment was, uh, okay. I, I just, I just felt good. I felt okay. You know, I was, I was, I was picking up my pieces. I was trying, like, you know, I was putting alcohol, like, you know, aside and I was just like, okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure my brother's good wherever he's at i'm sure he's good but i also asked okay just give me a sign just, please give me a sign but then i stopped right away as, as 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 i told you matt like so but i stopped right away as soon as i said please give me a sign i stopped i remember like boom, okay never mind but because i think i think it was because i was afraid that it might be like uh you know i might get disappointed and i said nope stop like forget it forget it but the other part is I just wanted to know that it was okay. I didn't really need validation. I just knew that it was okay. But, but going back, I said, no, never mind. And I remember still saying that, never mind. And there was this thing. Now, this is the part. There was this thing. It was like a mist. Like, I mean, it was like about maybe 50 yards, 50 yards in. And it was like about maybe 20 feet high up in the air. And it was just big mist. And it must have been about maybe 10 feet high, 10 feet up. It was just this mist. And, and and it looked like uh it looked like a uh, a northern um, um not northern uh yeah um northern lights i guess and and, and it was because it was doing this weird thing and and i still could see it like i mean it was it was like about like i said well 50 yards and it was like about high and i remember seeing it and i remember okay like what's going on and i'm like looking at it okay as soon as I just, like, you know, stop, okay, never mind, one validation or nothing, and, and that popped up. And I'm like, whoa. Like, and I'm looking at it, and I'm even thinking, okay, that can't be the Northern Lights because I'm looking, now I'm turning around, like, because I'm trying to debunk it now, right? Like, I'm trying to debunk it. I'm looking around, okay, I know that's north I know I'm facing, like, uh, like you know, the south, because that's where Big Pond is and stuff. That's where I'm facing. That's the south way. I'm like, and it's moving. I'm like, okay. I guess like, okay, okay, right? I know, uh, like, you know, I'm good. like Because I was just asking for it, you know, give me a sign. That's okay, okay. I smiled. The person beside me, like he comes up, he goes, like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, so he started with me, like, whoa. I said, what the F is that, right? Like So you see that too? Because I thought, like, you know, it got to the point where it was just me. And he goes, yes man that's so cool that's what he said right so we were looking and, and this thing it just kind of like vanishes and he goes man that was so freaky that was so freaky and and yeah i know right like and i know but really i was like like okay all right all right all right so i don't know i really don't know it was just at that moment when i was just asking like even though i felt good i felt okay I, you know i accepted i been i accepted for uh, weeks even before that, like, you know, or even months, except but which is at that time where I was just like feeling okay, looking outside. It was like around eleven o'clock at night, uh, looking out the the the, the lake, and uh, I just remember looking out there and asking, uh, you know, just give me a sign, and it said like and, like I didn't go like this. Just remember like taking it back right away. No, no, never mind. And this thing pops up. I was like, whoa, whoa, like uh like, really, am I really seeing this? Am I really actually seeing this? And and I'm looking around, and i like it actually trying to see exactly how far it is. I was like, okay, this is, this is like, really like, re-. And I really did, at that time, look behind me. There was this mountain. There was nothing here. And I'm like, okay, the northern lights are usually north way. And I'm like, okay, this is, this, this is neat. Know, I don't know what this is. Then I, then I said, okay. And that's the part where I are really going to oh, yeah. But if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have shared that at all if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for this guy that that like, you know, he was quite surprised of seeing it as well. And that made me feel really better, like re- really good. So I saved that for a while. I never shared it anything. And then eventually, I'm like, OK, hey, um, I shared it with my brother and then eventually my mother. And then, you know, and just kind of shared. And now now, like you know, I share it a lot and thank you for asking me that actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, that's, that's a really, really amazing story. And it's really powerful just for all the other elements to it. You know what I mean? Of like what you had to go through to get to that point. In, you know, you touched on a little bit at the beginning of just, you know, having trouble struggling with like alcohol, and I think a lot of people struggle with different addictions. A lot of alcohol, a lot of uh, drugs, a lot of different things, and even now our youth and all these new ones are popping up. So um, to be able to get out on the other side and kind of get, the, I call them universal winks. It's just like, oh my goodness, is this actually happening? Like, <laughs> well, what is happening? Here? It's so great to have a confirmation of somebody on the other side because it helps be like, okay, I did see that. Like that was, uh, I think, was real. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know, thanks so much for coming on the show and thanks for everything you do. You know, the more I learn about, you know, how you're moving around and, and all the things you work super hard and you're super inspiring to the youth and you're doing, you know, such great work in so many different areas. Is there anything that you wish that I'd asked or, or anything you want to leave the listeners with before we uh, close it out?
1: No, uh, yes, I was going to (laughs) say no, but, but yes. Uh, and again, thank you so much for, for having me. Uh, I truly uh, am am lucky, uh, you know, with with, with the family uh, behind me. uh, Without their support, I don't think I really could really do anything without them. So I got to give thanks to, to, to my family, to my community. Um, you know, I, have mentioned Leroy, he's doing a fantastic job. I, I did mention all the other chiefs. They're doing great as well, the community, uh, members, the leaders, like, I mean, there's a lot of like, everybody's taking part and the, the indigenous people, the non-indigenous people and the elders as well, you know, the elders, uh, and you know, I put them in a, the, like, I mean, they're so important to our culture and, and, and like, I mean, um, you know, visit, visit your elder, like, you know, visit your elder, you know, go see them, uh, talk to them, you know, have tea, listen, uh, you know, they have a lot of stories just, just, just like, you know, go and see how they're doing. Um, you know, that's really important. So when I'm in the community, I do go around a lot of communities. When I do go in the community, I try to see an elder uh, from that community when I can And, and really, I'm not really asking for anything. I really just want to know how they're doing, what's going on, what's up. And then you should be sure to stories actually quickly. This today I was in, um, where was I? Uh, I, I, was in three different communities uh, today. I was traveling. Um, uh, Oh, uh, Annapolis Valley first nation. I was, uh, uh, I met with a band manager there, uh, Gerald Tony elder. Uh, he's a member of the grand council as well. Uh, so he and I sat down, we were just talking and he shared me the, like he shared me a story. And I was so like, I mean, he's a talker, <laughs> he's a talker. So, so, um, you know I, I i only had like a half hour but like as soon as i knew like he was he was a talker okay i just like okay it's clear my schedule okay because how lucky i am really how lucky to actually sit down with an elder and he's sharing stories and and, and then like i remember getting like okay like no man like please share more because he apologized I said, Oh, i got some more no no i'm good tell me and then he did i i, I mean so so Know he liked it, like even though like uh, we never really met um, and we bumped each other here and there because he is a member of the Grand council. I was part of the uh, I, I drum I sang the honor song of this year's treaty day in Halifax, so he saw me there, but we didn't really talk we didn't really know each other until today, so um I was telling who I am what I do and stuff like that, so he was actually thankful and uh, thanking me for doing what I do, so thank you along and Gerald uh, but I was so glad of hearing his story. he was telling me about I'll share this uh, other than see your elders which is important you know um he shared me this uh actually i don't know if i should share. yeah and he shared his bear story like a bear this big grizzly bear and uh i'll just share a little bit uh, you know um because maybe someday you'll have him on here i don't know uh but he was telling me that i'll just share this little little part of this uh he was working in alaska um and uh um, and I forgot exactly what what he told me what he was doing. But um, I think it was uh, surveying. And and uh, as he was going back, he, he goes to like, I don't know how many miles. As he goes back. There were some fresh bear tracks on, on, on his trail. And he knew that they were huge. And, and they were fresh because he was just there not that long ago. So he has no weapon or nothing. He's just him. And, and And he knows about like bears and stuff. And so he's kind of like, okay. This is this, this is new, and he's looking around, and the only thing he could think of because like the you know it's just so far off of his camp, he climbs a tree, climbs a tree. He knows about grizzlies and stuff like that. did the or bears do climb because he's from Nova, like he's from Nova Scotia, and he usually dealt with black bears, right? So um, so off he went, and, like, and it was like really high up in the in the thing, and he could see this big grizzly coming boom and 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 uh, he goes uh he was tearing off these big giant like branches the limbs he called them he was just tearing them off and i'm just like there and i'm like he's looking at me and he's like like snarling and then he's like boom shaking it and then he goes he runs off and he's like about maybe 20 30 feet going on and he goes okay like he's leaving and it turns and he runs for it he runs for the tree runs for the tree and then boom and he said uh, the tree was thick. And he said, like, you know, I want to say, like, it was really swam back and forth. But he said it was about two feet, okay, two feet, which is still, like, you know, uh, panicking. And he said, I think it was hoping for me to fall off, right? And then I would have been gone. So he was holding on, right? And, and, um, <laughs> and then eventually the bear, bear goes. He goes, goes off, right? You know, and then he sees him. In the, anyway, he jumps down, off he goes. He made it. <laughs> um but i'll 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 just share that part because there's a really interesting ending to it i'll just share this right quick he goes, <laughs> yeah, I, know that I know right? i know what <laughs> the, 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 the ending he goes have you ever like this is what i heard i said um you know have you ever heard about um bears aren't really good at running when they go downhill and he goes yeah actually i did man that's bullshit he goes <laughs> you know, that, that's that's a lie <laughs> that doesn't happen like i think they run faster when they go down right <laughs> but i did hear that that's the thing i even laughed right he goes no no and anyway um the beer he was like way up in the hill he was down and was charging and this beer was big he was charging him full tilt and of course he had his weapon then And um long story short uh after many shots uh you know we got him uh, but if it if it didn't go down he was close it was close and that's what he said. And he was even thinking that, okay, I'm a goner and he's a goner, but then eventually he did go down. But uh but these are just some of the stories that he was telling me and the way he told it was so perfect, was so great. And here I am. Like if I if I had popcorn, I would've ate popcorn, like tell me more, <laughs> tell me more. And and he was stopped, like he shared me some more and go, No, you know, I don't wanna like But he, I could tell like he's really dying to tell me. Like, no, like tell me more. And so he did. So anyway, um, like what I just want to tell the, tell the audience, uh, uh, indigenous or non-indigenous people, like, you know, see, 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 see your elders, like, you know, go see them, tell them, like you know, tell them how you doing, huh? like, what's up Do you have any stories. like you know, they would love to hear them. Right. And, and one thing, uh, that, that I, I would have loved for you to ask me, um, is really nothing. Oh, oh, this t-shirt, this t-shirt, it's uh ultimate torque, this ultimate torque. Um, mm-hmm i'm selling these t-shirts and and uh it came out of my own money i was not really looking for anything i just really wanted to do something for the youth, right so i had like uh several hundred dollars i'm like okay do i just like um excuse me do i just like have a tournament with this like you know they don't have to pay anything I'm doing, or or uh or how how can i like how can i like you know generate this and um you know, with all the things that I do in Chantel, so, you know, just sell T-shirts. You know, sell T-shirts, and whatever you sell, um, you know, you could put the money back and buy more T-shirts, and your profits can go and have this our message tournament for the youth. So, okay, great. So I bought T-shirts, and uh, and all the proceeds, well, at least half of it, because the other half I have to buy T-shirts again. The other half will go to the youth arm wrestling event, and uh, it's a money event, and uh, it's free for them to, uh, to enter because most, most times when it's a money event, you have to register and you have to pay for it. This one is not, and it's uh, from 15 to 19 years old. I'm still working on the details, but, but uh, you know, the half of the proceeds do go to this event. That's Ultimate Torque.
0: that's awesome man well i appreciate everything you shared and i appreciate your work and and what you're doing and like again like little small things like that you know what you can do to give back to the community just taking action and and and, you know just doing something good um the video cut out is your okay you're still good um but i want where can people find more about you if they want to maybe look into your work i don't know if you have a website and i got twitter
1: Yeah, I I do have Twitter and you can follow me uh, is at T Santa Pass, T S A N I P A S S. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. Um, But uh, I'm working on a website actually right now. There's there's just so many things. Uh, People are contacting me um, via Twitter or even um, my hotmail. and uh, my hotmail is my first and last name, Trevor at Hotmail.com, e-transfers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm working on the website. There's so many people asking me uh, uh, because I live in the city, right? Um, in, in Halifax, uh, and there's not much people, like, it's MIMA History Month, so there's a lot of, their, people are really uh, trying to get First Nations knowledge. Uh, and uh, it's kind of rare in the city. We do have people. We have great people. But uh, we're really being pulled all over the place. Um, but uh, I am going to get a website. And hopefully, that would like be easy because there's some messages that I get from people that saying that oh, this person got a hold of me, but I didn't want to give them your number yet. But the, you know, so there's there's a lot of people still asking for me to uh, you know do presentations, cultural presentations, and 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 I'm and I'm really excited for that. So my website is, is we're, we're, we're working on it. Um, I am going to have a website, uh, but not yet, but Twitter for now.
0: When I, well, when I get it, I'll put it in the show notes. The last thing I do, I do want to ask, because I, I almost forgot, but do you want to say anything in, in Mi'kmaq before you go? Like uh, I, one of the things I think talking to Brian and a lot of the other people is there's not a lot of people that can still speak um, the traditional native languages. And I think it's important to do what we can to keep those. So do you want to share anything in, in that language?
1: Oh absolutely. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I I do read uh, write and speak the uh Mima language so uh I'll just say um and I'll translate it actually for you. Well we'll have um and diljinasti will we'll it ochid uh and and dilodi is no masak uh is well, going to model at uh nuchinen or uh, jisa the university and in junior year uh wuldas well, is going to land, uh la ilnuwegadi deluide me megmagi Minasa i work uh, started, uh, uh, and i uh to work la Thank you, Matt. <laughs> I did say I'm, I'm glad that uh, I had the opportunity to talk to you about some of my culture. And I talked to you, uh, I talked a little bit about uh, uh, where I come from, the community I belong to, and my uh, uh, that I'm the direct descendant of the last hereditary grand chief, John Denny Jr. And me, Magi, the traditional, ancestral, and unseated. Nima territory so i was glad that i said those to you so that's my land acknowledgement to you all
0: <laughs> awesome man awesome. well trevor thanks so much man thanks for everything you do it's a it's a pleasure to uh just know you and watch all the things you're doing so i'm excited for your book and for you to get a website and just keep doing all the things you're doing man so thanks for go ahead
1: arm nation you can watch arm nation <laughs> you, can google, you can google it oh there's a oh actually there's a, there's a, there's a game app. Our nation game app there's a Trevor Santa pass character
0: <laughs> yeah I've seen that yeah yeah like, that's how you know terrific. you made big time when you became the the app yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> thank you
1: thank you
0: awesome man well yeah it's uh it's always a pleasure talking yeah. to you thanks so much for coming on the show thank you again. see you guys thanks for watching.